Yeah, welcome back to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy race bikes. I'm your host, Matt Polanski. With me, as always, are my co-host, Josh Wilson and Bunna GP. And we're getting straight into it today because we're not trying to have a two-hour podcast again. <laughs> so, I'm going to ask, guys, how are we doing today without, you know, no racing going on today? Brian. Yeah, very <laughs> sad. Nearly had a heart attack from that intro, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I was not expecting that in the slightest. I, I thought it was going to be like... Your English heart's almost exploded. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> too, much too many decimals for, for us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but Yeah, excited though. Uh, excited for next week, definitely. Because I, I just don't yeah. like having a week off. Yeah, like it, today was weird. I woke up, you know, couldn't watch the uh, Formula E race. So I, w- I went back to bed. I woke up at like 9.30, I'm looking around like, what can I do? <laughs> and I ended up turning on a uh, Bundesliga football game. Uh, that tends to be my, my Sunday off. If 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 it's like no bikes, it's either a Bundesliga game or a Premier League game. And I don't know if, Josh, did you watch any of the football today? And for anybody listening, this is not um... a full conversation, but they were... Awful games. Yeah, they're all, all of them ball fests. Yeah, boring. So, so... It, it makes me even more like want to be get, getting back to like racing and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, football, football ball. Yeah. yeah, after a bit. So, all right, we're going to get into the news of the week. Uh, and it started off Monday, right after, yeah, the, the race, basically as they were packing up, leaving uh, Portimao. Suzuki renewed with Dornuff up to 2026, leaving Aprilia to be the only bike company or the only constructor who hasn't renewed. Mm. So, I personally, this is great. It's mean that we have another constructor. Hopefully, you know, they're renewed for five years and they can maybe get a satellite team now. Um, yeah, because winning that championship last year showed they have potential. So, Josh, what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, yeah, it, it makes sense really uh, from a, this kind of current season standpoint or last season standpoint. Um, I am wondering though, will on the Aprilia side of things anyway, and I'm jumping onto them. Can we see them renewing? Is, does it all depend on the next, you know, couple of seasons on on whether they decide to, you know, keep going with it or just to throw in the towel? So it'd be interesting more to see with them, I think. And maybe the, uh, mm-hmm. another point to raise is: does this mean Suzuki are uh, going to explore a second team? Maybe? Or do you think we'll, they'll just stick with one? I'm not sure. Yeah, there, there has been talks about that for like maybe a year and a half. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's been going talks going on for a while with Suzuki having another team. Even talks came out that apparently last year there was a bit of a negotiation on Patronus going to Suzuki if Yamaha couldn't um, basically carry on running with Patronus and there was kind of a mix-up with Patronus maybe going to Suzuki and VR46 having two bikes Mm -hmm. in Yamaha. So um, it's an interesting point. I don't know whether they will or not. It would be quite cool to see two extra Suzuki bikes because they are a very competitive package as a as a whole, as a factory. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, two more Suzukis would be great. And I, I think 
as long as it doesn't get completely out of control, two extra bikes wouldn't really be, you know, overly excessive or anything like that. So, um, yeah, but overall, great news to have Suzuki for another five years. Um, because since they've come back, they've only got better and better. So another competitive factory mm-hmm. signing on for a few more years is great for, for everybody, really, I think. But with Aprilia, I think Josh is right. I think it just kind of depends on how competitive they are in the next maybe year or so until they decide to sign for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this it's it's definitely positive. Um, yeah, you, you would hope that moving forward, they get you know more competitive. They can keep competing for championships. Um, you know, maybe get. Uh, I don't want to say an academy system, but try to you know bring riders up. You know, they because they don't have any bikes in the lower uh, divisions like you know KTM or Yamaha. They don't have like a uh, I'm trying to think of the right phrasing. I don't want to say tunnel you mean system. Like the, um, they kind of have academies through like KTM having Red Bull, Red Bull KTM, Red Bull rookies. They right. Have, they, they like Patronus yeah, has Patronus one. Have got obviously three sprinter teams all the way through. Yeah, I know, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. So like Yamaha obviously have that link with Patronus um, and KTM have that with the IO teams because obviously IO through three and two mm-hmm. and then two into GP with KTM uh, Red Bull. Yeah, and then Tech... Tech three has through all three of them too. Yeah, I mean it kind of it kind of goes through that. Yeah, same same kind of scheme. But I think with Suzuki, it would be a case of like, they, I don't think they necessarily need people or, or teams. Sorry, in the lower rankings, I, I think it's more a case of like we were talking off air, kind of linking into um, another topic at the same time. I don't want to delve too far away from Suzuki, but somebody like a Ralph Fernandez, if KTM can't make room for him. Then they're, mm-hmm. if anything, just weakening another manufacturer by taking them off their hands. You know, right. they, they don't have to spend millions on programs through the lower um, classes necessarily. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if they've got the right people involved in scouting the right people out, like they have. I mean, Rins, very early doors from Motor Two, hit the ground running, signed him on. Uh, Yoan Mir, you think he? I think it was Lamani signed on. Lamont 2019, 2018 kind of time he signed on with Suzuki. So what I'm, what I'm trying to say is they have the right people to point out the right guys for who they want. So you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it'd be kind of cool to see a Suzuki team or that kind of thing through Moto Two and Moto Three. But um, I'd, I'd like to see two more bikes in GP personally. I think they're the right. Mm-hmm. If you would give it anyone out of Suzuki or Aprilia, I think Suzuki are more equipped to do it. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Um, but moving on to talking about extra bikes, uh, so Jorge Martin had surgery on his arm, um, and to fill his spot for the upcoming races, Tito Rabat is back in MotoGP. Um, there was talks about. Their test rider coming in, kind of like Stefan Bronel did with Repsol. Um, but there was like a conflict, like in scheduling for the test rider. So they were able to bring Tito in. Um, you know, he has experience on Ducatis, he was with the Aventi team last season. Um, 
you know, he's so far just been waiting for World Superbike to start. So, yeah, what are your thoughts on Tito coming back in for a few races? Um, quite surprising, actually. I didn't think we'd be seeing his face again. But what is he in these? Is he in World Superbikes or British Superbikes yeah. at the yeah. moment? Yeah, um, yeah, World Superbike. So I think they've been doing testing in Spain, have they not? Um, so I guess as well, logistically, he's probably close by. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Of course, I don't think we'll be expecting anything from Dito, to be honest. But I guess it, it does give him um, a bit of extra experience and it gives, I guess, Pramac, that, having someone on that second Pramac bike, you know, he could get a couple of points. Who knows? I think that's kind mm-hmm. of the outcome they're hoping for, that maybe a, you know, a, a points place finish, that'd be nice. But we'll have to see, uh, wait and see how he does. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with that Pramac, you know, we saw what Jorge was able to do with it. You know, do, I don't think Tito has the same skill level that Martin has, but I mean, that bike has proven that it can, you know, work its way towards the front and, you know, stay at the front too. Yeah, I think he's, he's being given a pretty competitive package because, like you say, it's not like a bike that's struggling. Um, Hareth obviously is not a Ducati track. But Tito's, I mean, Tito's been in the World Championship Series since, what, 2000 and I want to say six or seven and only just dipped out of it. And World Superbikes haven't even started yet, have they? So it, it's not like nope. he's getting into, like, uh, the swing of things with World Superbikes and then having to, like, mm. readapt to get to GP. He, he knows GP bike better than a lot of people. And, you know, even if he, he has been testing like he has been with World Superbikes, he's on Ducati anyway, so... Uh, I think it's a good opportunity for him. I think they've got probably the best option to have as like a backup. I think him and Piro. I'd, I'd have given it Piro if I, if I could have done out of the two. Um, but I'm not entirely sure with Piro. Piro does all sorts of things. He, he races like every bloody week, Piro does. I, like, during the race calendar, they'll have like a race at Aragon for GP and then he'll be, he'll be flying over to like the other side of Europe to race in CIV and then he'll be... F- Mm-hmm. racing in world superbikes as a replacement mm-hmm. the guy does so much racing and testing and whatnot so i don't know if he's not available but um i think like i say i think if it weren't for Piro, i'd have probably gone for someone like rabat because he's only just come off of the Avinti bike so um yeah that's probably was a big a big bonus probably a reason why they they chose the one for him instead to be honest having that experience on um the Avinti bike last season Yes. Um, and like I said, we'll have to wait and see how he does. You know, he he has been off a bike. He has been practicing for World Superbike. Uh, they were, I think, at Barcelona mm. not too long ago, uh, basically getting used to the new bikes and stuff like that. So he, he you know, he has a he, it's not like he's coming in cold. You know, it's not like he has been off a bike for, you know, the month since the last season ended. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, hearing his name pop up was just kind of weird. Cause it's like, you never thought he was go- coming back. Like almost like, uh, Grosjean in formula mm-hmm. one, like he's out, we're not going to see him again. He's going to go on to do other stuff, but yeah, it, it was weird, you know, popping on social media and just seeing him popping up with Pramac next to it yeah i think 
as well, people might be thinking, well, why why not like Scott Redding? But Scott Redding's in a bit of a different situation where he's you know he's the main guy in World Superbikes for for Ducati, so they'll see it as like mm-hmm. you know give it somebody else that's not classed as like the main guy because he could go to GP, throw himself off that Pramac, injure himself, and then Ducati and World Superbikes have got yeah. no hope. Not no hope. I don't want to you know I don't mean it like that, but in terms of their chances in World Superbike, they kind of all lie on Redding and Rinaldi a little bit, but he's new to that team anyway. So um I think yeah, I think it just makes sense for about like you say, it's a bit weird to see his name back in the in the hat sort of thing. Especially because I don't mm-hmm. know about you two, but I feel like since his twenty eighteen crash at Silverstone in the way, you know, the big one that he had. I don't know if you remember it, Josh, or, or do you I don't know if you remember the crash. Um vaguely. It was it was quite a it was when they were aquaplaning. You remember when Rins was like on track, like waving his hands like yeah, slow down, slow down, and then Rabat went flying down the road um and got airlifted out. Like I think since then his GP form kind of just stagnated at like a certain pace, which is why mm. I think he lost his ride. You know, he, he, he didn't really yeah. pull any trees up. And not only that, having Zarco in that team last year, Zarco rode the wheels off it, didn't he? He did, yeah. So he kind of made Rabat look a little bit worse off than probably what he wanted. But um, yeah, I mean, Hareth, not a Ducati track. And then where are they after that? Le Mans? Mm. Even though it was wet yeah. there last year. And Ducati won there last year, so you know it's, exactly. It's, um, yep, it's an interesting one, but yeah, I think I think it's a good ride for him, good chance, yeah, good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So moving on from that, um, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna start this off, and I'm gonna hand it over to Bono because he had the uh, article pulled up. Uh, Tech Three has ha- made some interesting comments about Lycaona. And his performance, um, Bunner, do you still have that pulled um, I'll up? I'll get it up now, but I can basically quote it, not word for word. But um, so yeah, the the main topic of it was was that um, obviously KTM have had the struggles this year. I think that's quite publicly known to everybody. And Poncherel, Hervé mm-hmm. Poncherel, the team boss of Tech Three, has basically came out and said. The same thing as what I've just said in the, the bike's not where it should be, but um, Lacona has not really got the same spark as he had last year. Last year, he was a, a rookie. He kind of had that edge to him where most rookies have, where they push the limit and they go over the limit, but the, you know they have that fire in them that, that wants to kind of make it or break it sort of thing. And Poncherel's comments have basically said that this year he doesn't see the same Lacona and it's kind of stagnating in a way of he doesn't see that fire in him this year so far. Now, me and Matt were talking before the uh, podcast began, and we're basically saying that I think it's a combination of that bike isn't competitive. I think every KTM rider is pulling the hair out with it at the minute. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think we've said it as well in past weeks that Tech 3, you would argue, is on par with the Aprilia in terms of it not really being well, it's the least competitive bike, isn't it? Um, so yeah, Pontrell's basically pulling his hair out. I don't. I, I mean, what what are your thoughts on it? I can pull the article up and get it word for word whilst you give your thoughts on Laquona or anything like that. I, I mean, like you said, and like we were talking earlier, those bikes, just, like I don't know what they changed 
you know, every team tried new aerodynamics in the offseason. Um, Red Bull, they basically, each team had tokens they could use to upgrade a part, and Red Bull put all, or KTM put all of their tokens into the engine. So it was KTM and Aprilia who were able to, you know, bring new engines in this season. Everyone else is on an engine freeze. And so I don't know if they messed something up with the engine. I don't know if they changed too much with the chassis. It, but though, like you said, those bikes aren't competitive. And, you know, it's it can be kind of demoralizing to a rider. So I don't know if that's what like one is comment you know his issue is but i mean it, it it's it's a little alarming because they're not saying the same thing about petrucci mm. you know it'd, it'd be one thing if you know both of them were having issues because of this horrible bike and they're both you know kind of down in the dumps about it so to speak but it's like the comments are just coming about like wona yeah um out of interest, how long has Petrucci got left on his contract? Was it a one-year one? Um, let me try and find that out for you whilst you were... Because I was thinking, you know, with Lecoeur's form and, you know, Tech 3 in general, do you think they're going to... Do you think they could gamble next year and just have two rookies in the Tech 3 team, similar to what VR46 Ducati are doing at the moment with um, Bastianini and... Uh, Oh, what's his name again? Uh, Marini. Uh, Marini, that's one. Could they possibly, do you think they would bring Gardner in? And is it Fernandez? It's a, yeah, it's a good point. It's, we were also talking about this, weren't we, Matt? And uh, I mean, I, I've mm-hmm. said from the very start of the year, even before a wheel was turned, that I think with the potential that Fernandez has, full stop, whether he, whether he won the race that weekend or not, which obviously he did, um, I think... KTM, not Tech 3 necessarily, but KTM will be saying, look, that kid is the next thing in terms of age and just the, the rider that he is. Mm. So that if if he carries on like he, he has, where he came from Moto 3 winning Valencia, Portimao, and he's coming to Moto 2 already won, then KTM will be looking at it this way, that if they don't promote him to GP, Somebody else will. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. it is basically dog eat dog. You know, if somebody isn't performing in another factory, mm-hmm. then it's not a case of uh, Fernandez is tied down to KTM. I mean, we saw that with Jorge Martin came mm-hmm. through with uh, IO team, didn't he? With KTM. Yep. And it was almost destined that he was going to go up to Tech Three, and then Petrucci came out of nowhere, and it was like, oh well, you know, that almost means that. They're not promoting Martin, or it might have been the other way around, in that he already mm. picked to go to Pramac. So it's not, com- you know, it's not definite that he'll go to KTM. So if one of the Tech Three guys or both, like you say, don't perform, would they go with two rookies? I mean, they've done it before with Zarco and Folger. Yeah. They got a lot of yeah. criticism for that, and it paid off. It paid off because they had brilliant years, if you remember. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one with Lacona because I-, I rate him. I do rate him. I just think the bikes. Like suffering a lot at the minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm thinking if if this uh, went down the route of promoting both um, Fernandez and Gardner, 
would they drop Lacuona back into Moto Two, maybe alongside Acosta if they decided to promote him, depending how we did for the rest of the season? Possibly. Yeah, I think that's a it's a high chance, but that is that is as well like will they still see the potential in Lacuona to put him in a top team in Moto Two to think about maybe later upgrading him back up again? Do you know what I mean? Like I think they'll look at it yeah. with that IO squad in Moto Two as these are the guys that are definitely if if they hit the target that we're kind of setting them, then they'll go up to GP. Do you know what I mean? So mm. whether they have the confidence mm-hmm. in him for, to go back down to Moto Two, and you know bounce back up again, I mean Laquona's still young. He's still like what twenty one, twenty two, something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess it, if if Laquona was to be relegated to Moto Two and then you know wipe the floor of the field, it kind of put him in the tricky situation. Um, yeah. KTM because they'd be thinking, oh well, he's he's shown that he can you know, dominate Moto Two. We're going to have to promote him again but there is no space for him so um it would be a difficult a, a tough one if that were to happen i don't think it would personally but yes i don't know if they want to put themselves in that position it's a weird one when you get like when you start relegating people to moto 2 because that for me means that like i mean i know all the slots in gp are almost taken up but i don't know I, it's a little bit like with sam you know what i mean like he's gone down to moto 2 mm. And people are saying, like, you know, I mean, I want to see him back in GP. I think everyone does, but where, you know, where, where is he going to get a spot in GP? So I don't know. Mm. When you get when you go back, Dan, I think you've either got to wipe the floor, like you say, like you you've got to put some serious like figures in at Moto Two, yeah, to say I'm way too good for this class to to warrant a spot back in GP, yeah. Um. I think if you go back down and you're kind of like there or thereabouts, it's like, well, we'll pick the next guy that you were there or thereabouts with. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've had you've had mm-hmm. your chance. Give the guy that's you know, like like if let's say Bezeki runs next to Lowe's the whole way through this year, as bad as it might sound to Sam, I think people will look go, well, you've had your chance in GP. Well, I know I know the chance was shocking, and it was very split opinion on how it was dealt with mm. all the you know all the politics they'll say you're older you've had your chance but is younger not had a chance so maybe pick him do you know what i mean i think relegating it's a weird one with with bikes it's not like you know you football and everything where you can go down and come straight back up it's it's not a guarantee that you're bound mm-hmm. straight back up i mean look at siren he got a chance at the drop of a hat to go to gp didn't he didn't really perform drop back down to motor two and then it's just kind of gone like down. So Yeah, I, I don't see like relegation really been a thing for him. Um because I mean even if they were to pull the two Red Bull riders from Moto two, well then you're gonna want to bring up the like Pedro Costa from Moto3 to Moto2. You're going to want to start moving him up. So there really is nowhere for him to go. I mean, you can't take him back to Moto3 because you fill up both seats in Moto2. Yeah, that would happen. No, and I feel like it's one of those things, like if he doesn't perform, he'll probably be out and have to look to race somewhere else, whether it be World Superbike or British Superbike, something like that. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget as well, I mean, 
this is only my opinion, but I think, I don't want to say make it or break it, but I think this is the year that Messia has to put a stamp down on his position to say, I'm ready for Moto2. He's still young. Yeah. You've got Acosta at 16, and you've got Messia at, what, mm-hmm. 19, 18, 19? Like, you know, that's the kind of age that if you're if you're really that good to go to Moto2, you want to be mm-hmm. looking to be up there before you're 21 sort of age. Yeah, I mean, he's been there or thereabouts the last couple of seasons, haven't he, Messia? Yeah, and now he's on the most... Comp- well, mm-hmm. I'll say most... Comp- he's on one of the best teams, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he wants a good spot in Moto2 with the same team, with the Iowa squad, then he's got to put his foot down and say, I warrant that spot, like Raul Fernandez did. Do you know what I mean? Right. But uh, moving on and talking about Bono's opinions. Bono, we got beef to settle uh, here, bud. Yeah, I wondered then. My, my face went blank. I was like, we got beef? I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So on Twitter, Bono posts up, and I have it pulled up here in front of me. There will never be a livery as good as the factory Yamaha team 2006. Change my mind. And he posted the yellow camel Yamaha. That's right. I do not like yellow as a prime, like as it, like its individual well, color. Then now we, well, now we really uh, do have beef. Well, and I believe it. I, I'm from Pittsburgh. We bleed black and yellow. But yellow should be an accenting color. Like it should be something else and yellow. Black and yellow. Blue and yellow. When you have this much yellow, and I'm looking at the picture and I want to throw up. You want to throw up? Oh, okay. Yeah, you're, you're, you're <laughs> I, crossing the line now. You're, you're stepping over the line here. <laughs> like that, that livery to me, and it's so weird because being a Rossi fan, like he dominated all the way up until that year. And then that year, it's like Marquez now. For anybody that's like a new fan, imagine Marquez like not injuring himself last year and then being like champion, 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 champion. And then one year having like a fault every other race and being wiped out or like, you know, like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong that year. But ironically, I just, I love, I love that bike. That That bike for me, I just remember being a kid being like five, six years on, I saw that bike. I was, uh, since then, I've always been like, that is the bike for me. I love it. I just, it's just iconic for me. Like, even the Repsol, his Repsol Austin Powers bike is better than that bike. No, it's not. No, I'm sorry. And it, I've seen some people say, like, like when I did a livery rankings thing for this year's liveries on YouTube, and I saw some people like, I think, I don't know if it was Joey or not, but some, somebody put in my Discord, they were like, Repsol that low? And I'm like, if you like the Repsol livery, then I'm sorry, you have to be the most boring person alive. Like, it's not, <laughs> ch- it's, the only thing they've changed for the last 20 years is less black. That's it. That is literally it. Like, but, I mean, what, what did you say was your favorite livery? And I want Josh's opinion as well, because Josh has been very quiet on this. So I feel like he's either one way or the other. I don't know which way, which way he swings with it. Ah. Uh- I responded with the Petronas uh, bike. Yeah. I, I I love the black with the teal and the way it like blends together. I think that's such a cool color palette. Um, and this is coming from a Red Bull fan. I mean, like, I, I like that livery. Generally, no no hate towards the livery, but best livery ever. 
the Patronus bike best livery ever. Are you seriously doing this to me, Matt? You say you have beef, and you're saying a black <laughs> and teal bike is the best bike ever. I mean, I, hey, like I said, I came back with the Austin Powers bike. That I mean, that one at least had something different. You know, it's it like I'm looking at the picture now, and it says Rossi Repsol Moto in like that funky '60s, you know, Austin Powers looking writing. Um, just to quickly bounce back to the Petrucci thing, Josh. Yeah, he does have a enter 2021 uh, contract, Petrucci. But back on mm-hmm. back on okay. deliveries. You also, I also put up the 06, I think I've just got an 06 fantasy, basically, but I put the 06 Fortuna um, Elias livery, and you, you hated on that, and I was like, okay, th- this is becoming a bit of a problem. Red and yellow does not look <laughs> no, great No, the thing is, I'm a Derby fan, so red to me is, like, sick. I hate red, but that livery <laughs> is gold. I love that livery, but and we need Josh's opinion. Josh, what's your favourite livery? Um, well, that... Camel one is iconic, I think. It's definitely a classic, iconic looking uh, livery. It's like one that you just you you'll just see a lot and you know it, you know what it is, you know, it's instantly recognizable. Um so I like it, but I don't know, I'm gonna be a bit really boring. Not Honda Repsol boring, but oh, I like the Duke I like the current uh year this year's Ducati and last year's Ducati's livery. I don't know why, I just like that red and black. <laughs> I think just think it's it's quite clean. It looks lovely. Really, I'm a big fan of it. Not, yeah, not I'm a big that. fan of it. Um, like I really like it. I I don't know why I, I like it so much, but yeah, it's probably my favorite at the moment. Um, but I don't know Repsol Honda. Although again, it, it's quite you know it's dull. They they never change it. It's still quite iconic and. I think that's why it's iconic, isn't it? Like, I think that is yeah, their, their it's marketing thing. Literally, is just never change it. Yeah, they'll change like a pinstripe every every season, yeah. and that's about it. <laughs> it's it's like the classic thing of like you see, you see reps or you think Honda, and that's why they do it. But mm. um, it's like F one, you know, Ferrari red. Yeah, and like red is that iconic? Like you know, yeah. they, they want that. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a weird. I mean, you mentioned Ducati. I don't know if you know which ones I'm talking about, but like. When Caparossi used to race for Ducati, he used to have like the old, um, it was almost like a barcode, like a big white chunk on the side with like the barcode white strips on the side. I don't know, you might want to like look it up. That to mm, me is like, to look that is like the, the, for me, the iconic Ducati livery because they came into the sport like 2000, 2001. Mm. Um, it's a little bit like when Stoner won championship, they had like the um, the Alice or Elise or whatever you, which one, yeah. that's it, um, livery, like the big white, no, no sponsors really on the side. A bit like when Ferrari 0403, you know, when they used to have yeah. like the big white chunks on the side, but that was mm. it. That was it. Just red and then a bit of white. Like they, they look quite nice, but mm-hmm. I could never say a red bike would be my favorite bike just because of my football mm. um, connections. I could, I could <laughs> never say red. But Your football brain won't allow you to yeah, do that. I, I would be I would be throwing up if I said anything red was my top. But um, yeah, I mean, there's so, there's, to be fair, Obviously, it's all opinions at the end of the day, but that 06 bike for me, just masterpiece, just absolute masterpiece. So when Matt came at me, I was like, we're going to have a problem. I I will die on that hill. I said it before. I will die die on that hill of 06. I even have a towel with that bike on it. (laughs) My my mum bought me that towel. So 
even though she's not listening to this, I'm thankful for that, Mum, because that bike <laughs> is the best bike ever. So that's my opinion on it anyway. My favourite bike from this year is, uh, what did I even rank it as? Oh, yeah, the Tech 3. Yeah, that's, that is a standout. Well, it's because the Tech 3 was the only one that changed. <laughs> Although we're not yeah. actually seeing it much in races. Yeah. Because it's either it's either binned mm-hmm. it in the gravel or, or it's just so far back. <laughs> so it's a bit of a waste. Yeah, spent the first 10, 15 minutes slagging them off. And then we're now like, <laughs> your bike looks great. <laughs> your bike um, looks great. It's complete crap, but it looks great. Yeah. Remember the, um, was it the Yamaha Monster Tech 3? That was bike. a good bike. That I like black and bike. green. Yeah. Like the, uh, the yeah, I like, I like that one. Because I think before that, they went more like DeWalt on the side. There was a bit more like mm. fluorescent yellow, but like as years went on, it was more mm. black, yeah. green. Like when Zarco rode it, it was like, yeah, yeah. That, was a, that was a good bike. Good looking bike. That was definitely Tech quite three. a nice looking bike. Tech 3, they've got good good liveries, I think. Uh, yeah, the, in that mm-hmm. department, they seem to do quite well. Oh, I've just realized as well, 07 Rizla Suzuki. Do you know the livery? Oh, yeah, that's a classic. That is a good bike. That is a good yeah, Rizla. I see a lot of people like um even out in Brighton down at uni, I saw some guy the other mm. day <laughs> rode down the rode down the road with a uh I can't remember what bike it what, what kind of Suzuki it was, but I just saw the Rizla and I was like, that to any GP fan is an iconic livery because that was like yeah, uh, yeah. you know, John Hopkins, Vermeulen, and those kind of riders mm. racing that. I was bike. like pre pre when they pulled out for a yeah. couple of seasons, wasn't it? Yeah, they they were when they were like just I wouldn't say they were like a top team, but they, they, you know, if they got a podium, it was like a great, like a great, great result. Yeah. Almost like a a Renault or an, an Alpine, Alpine, mm. I don't know which way you pronounce it, but um, yeah, just before they pulled out, sort of thing. Um, that's another good livery. Any, any, any others, Matt? Any others you want to disagree with me on? <laughs> <laughs> no, like I said, I hate yellow as a full color. <laughs> And uh, red and yellow looks abysmal together. I t- if you're going to say yellow is abysmal, you're going to annoy a lot of uh, all, the older fans listen to this, if if they know which ones I mean. <laughs> Do you either of you know the classic, and I don't care what Matt says about this, this is classic, and you can look it up, the Kenny Roberts Yamaha yellow. If you know it, if you see yes. that to any old um, bike fan, mm. they will know what I'm talking about, which is weird because... Me saying this, not I wasn't even born when this bike was racing, but that is an iconic bike. The white so, uh, late nineties was it? Um, oh yeah, Robert, I pulled up a picture. Like 70, uh, yeah. It was in the eighties. Oh, seventies. Yeah. That late one. Oh, senior, not junior. Yeah, I oh, cool. Yeah, I mean, ju- yeah. junior Suzuki bike was half decent. You know, like the old classic Movistar, like checkered. Yeah, they had that through, like with Danny Pedrosa mm. in the like in the two fifties and stuff. But mm. yeah. And Simoncelli's 250 bike. Do you remember that? Like the old classic big 58 in the middle with like the, the red stripes yeah. on the side. Sick 58, yeah. Yeah. Barbera had one in the or 250s even as well. Like they, they had even like he, white yeah. red checkered. That was a weird one. Even um, Simoncelli's, what was he on again? Was he on an LCR? Yeah, LCR San Carlo. That, yeah, that was, was a nice that bike. Was, that was quite nice. That was like white with a bit of red. Mm. Was it not? Um, yeah, lovely bike. Yeah, the San Carlo LCR team. Yeah, mm. that's when like Bautista rode for them as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a good bike actually. I don't think white is a, a color you can really pull off that much in bikes, or even no, cars. You don't like, see you don't, yeah, you don't really see white, do you? But... Well, you get the uh, um, uh, the Yamaha that I think Cal Crutchlow was on. Mm. 
during oh, testing. Oh, yeah, it was like that a throwback. Was anniversary livery. Yeah, that was a good one. It's a shame they didn't go with that livery, to be honest. They considering if, what it was. Yeah, if he wild cards, they should just give him that livery. For sure. Yeah. That livery was stunning. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. oh. yeah. And you look at the old uh, Lucky Strike. Mm. Yeah. Uh, bike. I mean, that's primarily white yeah, with the red. Yeah, ninety-three mm. Schwantz bike. Yeah, that's an iconic one as well. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. There, there is some absolute stunners. There is definitely some old classics. Even like the old two fifty Chesterfield Aprilias. They were stunning bikes as well. I'm, I'm fully nerding out now, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just get, this is why you're our encyclopedia. Just going through the category in my head of just like. The amount of vibe. I could probably just sit and you know what? Next week, let's just not even do a race review. I'll just do a podcast on here and just talking about livery. Just <laughs> a solo podcast on livery. I'll just sit here just from talking about me on livery. Yeah. Uh, just pull out some of the most obscene, you know, yeah. bike names that you know people haven't <laughs> thought of in twenty years. Because yeah. I sit here now talking about bikes that like anybody listening would be like, "You weren't even born," and I'm like, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, probably move on from liveries. Otherwise, we'll be here till three in the morning well yeah moving on to the next topic we'll probably be here for uh moto gp 21 came out last week yep. uh bono and i have gotten twice. it uh <laughs> yeah you got it twice Shout out to robo 46 he, he sorted me out with a uh he didn't sort me out i won a competition let's just make that clear i've not done anything like dodgy yeah like, you made that sound of a dodgy that <laughs> um I, I would have given it away to somebody here um like even like you josh but obviously i got it for ps5 and josh is on xbox aren't you so, yeah um so yeah i gave it to a mate of mine that was that was after it um but yeah I, I got it twice i paid for it and then i uh went in a competition so yeah i've been playing it a little bit in fact i've got it up now but yeah so what are your thoughts on it As i uh i'll let matt go first see what he says i got i pre-ordered it and then completely forgot about it until well, when did it come out? The twenty second. Yeah, twenty second. My Discord. You probably saw Joey like <laughs> on about it. Like... Well, no, I started seeing on uh, Instagram because oh, okay. I follow the game on Instagram, and they started posting like trailers for it like every hour. And then it clicked in my head, and I went home and I played it, and I I kind of have mixed reviews or mixed feelings about it because it looks stunning. It looks, it looks amazing. It looks um you know the the lighting the shadows the way the bikes you know move like in 20 there was a lot of times like if you looked behind you when the the camera would turn around so you could see what was behind you if you looked at your tire it wasn't moving fluidly mm. it like moved in segments yeah. so st little stuff like that has changed and gotten better uh the whole manual retrieval thing looks awful. <laughs> it is so bad looking because like you go down, your rider like stands up all like clunky and then he like straightens himself out and you have to turn and you're running so <laughs> slow that, yeah. to get to the bike. It, it needs, it needs some, there work. is an option to turn it yeah. off. And I immediately turned it off. <laughs> it needs some work. It's a little bit uh, clunky. It's like the guy gets up. It looks like he's been on the booze like since like before the race. It's a bit, a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was um, Barry Sheen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's like because it 
and when if you, if you watch like normal like when if a rider goes down when they get up like they get up fast and they are hauling towards these bikes mm-hmm. and it's like the animation to get up and then it has to end before you can start running and then they're running just so slow and clunky looking and then when they pick the bike up it changes to a different camera angle from like inside the cockpit of the bike yeah and then you have to get on the bike it it's it's an interesting theory but like bono said it needs a lot of work yeah it's not it, it, good right off see the i haven't got um gp21 yet i don't know if i will um but from what i've seen of it i've seen gameplay footage like current like re- released version gameplay footage and Apparently, the, the AI riders don't have to run and pick the bikes up. No, they don't. So, immediately, you're at a disadvantage there. No. So, unless you're you know winning every race by five-plus seconds and you want to spice things up by giving yourself that disadvantage, I just don't see why you'd, you'd, you'd put it on. Yeah. It, it's, it either yeah. needs to be on for everybody and be fluid or mm. not on at all. Um, yeah. Maybe in online that, races. Yeah. Online's fine, but even still, like... Like Matt said, it's even if you're online and you crash, you spend mm. like five seconds standing up straight. It's like, yeah, you know. Um, but I'll be honest, I've got mixed feelings with it because I started playing in it, and they've done, they have changed it. A lot of people was like, oh, it's just a reskin of twenty, and it's not. They have changed mm. it. The, the feelings no. are a lot better. Last year was very heavy rear brake like racing. Yeah. It was really weird. Um, it was good, but it was way too heavy on rear brake. This year is a lot more realistic in that mm. sense. Um, mm-hmm. but there's a lot more glitches than what I thought there would be on release. Yeah, it seems I feel like, like... The lack of testing's kind of showing. Yeah, um, but you've got riders that like I don't know if you've seen the common glitch that keeps happening, but people are like their bikes riding, but their riders like twenty yards behind the bike. Like, in... <laughs> no I, yeah, I've seen pictures about like, that. That's one. I remember seeing that in real life. <laughs> yeah, um, and as well, something that I mean. I'm a, an average person that just kind of picks up the game and doesn't really watch the sport would be like they think nothing of it but for me like i'm seeing bikes that have got like last year's liveries on and mm. i saw this on um an instagram page called everything motor racing somebody who i follow and he, he put something up about it and he was basically saying that you know the, these guys that sponsor these teams like for example the grassini team in moto 3 they've changed now to indonesian racing haven't they like the main sponsor oh, yeah they've gone from yeah. like that commering or commering or whatever it was called to like this indonesian racing and they've got last year's livery on and this for example <clears throat> indonesian racing they, they they're paying this team like thousands and thousands of pounds or whatever to have them on, as a sponsor and if they were to really take that to heart and be like look we're paying you thousands and one of our marketing streams is this game and the game have not even put us in it. It's like, you know, that that for them is like a big yeah. deal. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, like the people making this game, you would like to think know enough about the sport to like make sure that they have the right liveries on. Like, is that, I don't feel like that's too much to ask. I think that's pretty bog standard. Um, but yeah, I, I see it like with them and I see some riders that have got like old, like Darren Binder, for example, he, he's still wearing like an Alpine Stars like set of leathers, and he's he's not even with Alpine Stars. Anymore. Mm-hmm. Like to to the normal person, it's nothing, but to like these guys that like you know want to sponsor their their sponsors on the old platforms possible, it's a bit weird. And um, yeah, there's there's a lot of glitches. There seems to be 
a lack of testing with it. it it's a bit odd. Yeah, um, I watched. I mean, you you know, Milestone. Yeah, they know what they're doing. They make all of the motorcycle games. They do MotoGP. They do Ride, MXGP, Supercross. They know what they're doing. It. I don't know if it's the fact that they're a small company mm. that they don't have a lot of people. I think helping develop these games. I mean, it's I because I was I even saw a video on YouTube where they were interviewing like the guy who I, I don't know what you call like it, head the, develop, game, the head guy who like, like team or whatever, like yeah. yeah, and like he they even said like they they work really hand in hand with Dorna on this game. Yeah. So it, it's, you have to wonder, is it something like not enough manpower? Cause they are a small studio from Italy. Mm. I mean, yeah, I think. Go on, Josh. I was just going to say, I think they've probably just released a game about, I don't know, 85, 90% complete. And then just, you know, finish that extra 10, 15% through patches at certain points. Like, obviously, at the moment, apparently the AI just keeps crashing. You know, most of the AI seem to be crashing at least once in a race. There are a lot of them going off at the same corners. Um, and apparently the... I don't know from you two playing it, but the kerbs are apparently unrideable, pretty much. Yeah, they are. Like, if you go on the kerbs, that's it. You, yeah. There's nothing you can do on them, um, which is obviously unrealistic. Um, and I think I've seen a couple of other, you know, minor gripes and issues with the kind of gameplay and... And yeah, it's just it's just one of them things. I think it's going to be probably a month or two before we get a full final game. I think because yeah. I guess they have to update all the you know um, the the like faces of the MotoGP riders because I think they still have helmets on. That's so, a good point. Um, yeah, if anybody's actually noticed, I don't know if uh, if you've done any mm. career Matt, and gone through like Moto Three, but a glitch I found is that Yuki Kuni is apparently um well basically at the starting grid they go through all the riders and they've all got helmets on in moto 3 but they've got like the right leathers the right helmet all that you get you get to yuki right. Cuny, and his face pops up with none other than valentino rossi so <laughs> um that, that's a bit of a glitch but yeah the, the yeah. thing i was like you know i i get that on two wheels obviously curbs are a lot more unrideable than what there mm. is in a car because you'll have two wheels on tarmac um but it's mm-hmm. like ridiculously like bad, like not yeah. bad as in a sense of like, you know, you, you can kind of avoid them, but at the same time, in real life, you're not, you know, you don't not use the curbs, you know what I mean? But they are like bad, like mm. it's like the curbs are like, yeah. you know, a foot taller than the tarmac. You feel like you're like oh, la, 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 when you're on the <laughs> on the curbs, it's ridiculous. But um, yeah, it, it's I would rather the game come out a month later than when it has and kind of been tested i mean you know they have their mm-hmm. own discord now um with a lot of people suggesting stuff and whatnot they they could hand pick which a discord i got banned oh, really from. <laughs> how come yes uh because i crit i apparently said something wrong when i criticized the braking system uh-huh. on the ais in 20 all right oh, really? oh, yeah. the we were talking about the game and i i remember the comment specifically that whenever I'm break, I come to a braking zone. I brake when the yellow lot, when the uh, drive line tells me to. 
but you have AIs that are breaking at like the 300 mm. meter marker. True. And I'm making like three overtakes in a breaking zone. And when I submitted the message, it said, did one of the discord bots came up and said, that language is not accepted here. <laughs> and I've been banned from that discord server. Oh, really? I'll tell you. But I mean, I mean, I, I... I'm not self-promoting us, but I mean, I don't think any of us would turn it down. They could pick people out that are like content creators that talk about the game. Like now, we're talking about the game that has just come out. And if anybody's listening to this that doesn't have the game, they're going to be like, oh, now I've heard from these guys that there's glitches. I might not check it out. I'm not like mm. using that as like blackmail towards Milestone, but I'm saying like they have the people out there that would happily test the game and stuff and give them feedback. It's not like, you know, with them being a small mm -hmm. studio, that's yeah. where they should you know that's that's a, a field they should go into i think um especially with gp not being the biggest sport in the world it's like the people that do play it you want them to feel like it's still realistic and it's still relatable to the sport mm -hmm. um so yeah I, I think that'd be a good idea maybe getting us involved in the testing milestone if you're listening <laughs> but um yeah i think it i'd rather see it a month later without some of the glitches and weird stuff in it personally uh, I know playing it, I, I played it for a few hours a couple nights last week after it came out, and the one thing I'm having issues with is throttle response. Because and going in and setting up the initial settings, I had issues with trying to figure out uh, what setting to have the braking on because like they changed the braking and the throttle settings. You um before it was just like ABS or like, um, uh, what did they call it? Oh, you mean engine braking? Basically, well, no, not engine braking, but like the braking so that to prevent you from doing like stoppies. Oh, uh, right. I mean, that for me was the engine brake. Like last year, yeah, it I think was that on is max EBS, brake. I think. Yeah, if, if the EBS engine braking system was on max, especially with the GP box, you, you literally press the front brake and you just go like the, the rear end, just fly up. Mm -hmm. um, but like a lot like they changed the settings and I, I finally got the braking down to where I was able to like break into corners easily but then going onto the throttle if you squeeze the throttle just like too much the whole bike whips out from underneath yeah. you yeah I know. Uh, I know like with with 20 you could almost go full throttle through the like coming out of the turns and the bike just sort of planted itself and went where with this, it's like you're lo even with traction control all the way up, mm. your back end's kicking out from yeah, under you. I think the crash animations are a bit weird as well. Like if you high side, you do you don't high side. Like you kind of like fall through the bike on the bike, yeah, the bike high sides. High sides, but you like kind of just fall through the actual bike and roll on the floor, which is like I don't know. It's it's a minor thing, but again, it's like it's it's just realism, isn't it? It's mm. just the realism factor that you kind of want mm -hmm. to play in the game. So there's that. But moving on, uh, the last thing we got to touch on the race next week, uh, we're going to back, we're going to Jerez, uh, which was the first two races of last season. Um, I was gonna try to do a Twitch stream for this to like do a track preview, and then when I started practicing to do it, I remembered I am trash at Jerez. Uh, I crash a lot. 
and I go off the track a lot. And uh, yeah, that would not be entertaining. That's not 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 the qualities you want for general race pace, is it, Ron? Right? No. Um, to be fair, on that, I'm I'm actually I'd say arrest one of my stronger tracks. To be fair, so that's not bad for me. Maybe it's the uh, the Yamaha touch from last year. Maybe it's just me and Yamaha just got that connection. You know, we just. I mean, and just, you know, we saw how they did last year. So it, it could be. Yeah. Uh, usually in the game, I use the Ducati. Um, Around Haref. I, I use the Ducati all the time. I think that might be a part of your downfall around Haref. I mean, it turns like a boat. So. Well, and that's going back to MotoGP 21. Something I'm like realizing because I was trying to test. Where's I trying to test it? I think Barcelona. And then I tried going to Jerez. And. Like, I I was definitely feeling the the Vitioso thing. Like this thing does not turn at all. It was so bad. Yeah, it's definitely like you, that, that is something they they do really well. To be fair, is that the characteristics of the bike? I think they could be a little bit more distinctive, but they are distinctive enough to say like you can tell when you're on a Ducati like mid corner. Do you know what I mean? Like you can feel that it's not not got that full lean angle like what the yamaha has or not necessarily lean angle it's just general smooth like you know they they do have the differences that you can tell um but it's the same way if when you go around austria on a ducati you come out of turn one you feel like you're in like you you feel like you've got rocket fuel Mm -hmm. compared to like when you're in like a suzuki or a yamaha they feel so light but so slow right um so yeah, I do. I don't know what you mean with that, but, but yeah, that's going how, on to her red. That's how realistic they uh, made that game. They made it so the Ducatis can't turn. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> took, you can have all the speed. I think they. No I think they worked directly with Davi on that aspect. <laughs> like Davi, tell us about the bike. Doesn't turn at all. Yeah. <laughs> Davi's just sitting there, like, make sure that that bike turns the slowest out of all of them. <laughs> it's like the bike hits a perfect angle. It's like, nope, wrong. Fix it. <laughs> Make it Change worse. <laughs> but yeah, moving on to Jerez. Uh, I mean, this... Uh, yeah, this is the site of the incident from last year that took Marquez out of the season. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on going back there. You know, going back to the scene of the crime, pretty much. Um, yeah, th- this track can get you out at certain points. Uh, there's not a huge amount of elevation change at this track. Um, there is some slight uphills to it, but yeah, there's there's more than what people think. People, mm-hmm. people think it is pretty flat, but it, it it isn't. Like even turn one is, you know, a slightly uphill. Quite a yeah, and even turn two, it's like it's kind of not off camber, but it is at the same time. It's, mm-hmm. It like dips away. And then through, like, I think, to be fair, when, when you think about it, there's not many corners around Jerez in the first half that don't either have a change in elevation before it or during the corner. Even through turn four, which is Cito Pond's corner coming onto that back straight, kind of rises into the corner and then dips back away, ready for the straight going downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously turn five at the end of that straight is leading into like a downhill braking zone. So there is there is a bit of elevation in it. A lot more than some other tracks. But I think talking about 
relating to last year into this year, um, I think Quattararo will be looking to gain even more of an advantage around this track, considering he won there last year twice. Um, and obviously going... I think Quattararo will be thinking, a bit of him will be thinking anyway, that Le Mans leading on after it, home race, he'll want to be kind of getting some momentum going, early doors. <laughs> it's also another track that I think everyone now with the the Rossi conversation is almost thinking, okay, now back on familiar ground at a track that is, you know, pretty friendly to the Yamaha. Mm-hmm. Let's see if they can build some steps upon what they've already got, which is not much, but you'd like to think that they can make some steps at Jerez. Right. It's, and like we even saw last season, you know, Rossi was able to get on a podium at this track. So hopefully this can, uh, you know, be a turnaround for him. He can, you know, go to a track, like you said, that he's familiar with. I mean, it's not Assen where he, you know, dominant has dominated before, but you know, it is like you said, a track he's really familiar with and he, you know, has been kind to him. Um, yeah. so I'm just pulling up a track map of it and it like, it's such a weird shape because <laughs> it like, there's no way to even describe it. As you come down the straightaway, like you said, you go uphill to like a, going back to the rally it's it's almost like a two right like a three or a two right down a straightaway into a almost hairpin right into like a six left down another straightaway to the turn four which is almost full throttle and it was that's where uh mark went off twice last year um yeah mark mark Crash coming out of the the third corner mm-hmm. when um, he did, he made his main accident, which is kind of ironic because anybody that again is part of uh, a bit of an older generation, and this crash again happened before I was born, but it was quite a, a famous crash with Dewan. Dewan actually nearly finished his career at, at turn four. I think it was going into turn four, so that gravel trap, so to speak, you know where Mark in the race originally went off but saved it. Yeah, that corner where I think Dewan, I think. I'd be right in saying, um, I'm pretty sure he got that bit of, bad of an accident. They were either going to amputate his leg or basically say, like, you can't race again. And he came back and, you know, did what doing did and wiped the floor with people. But mm-hmm. that gravel trap's got a bit of a name for itself now with uh, Mark and Dew. And that's what? That's 13 world titles have nearly been finished in that, that corner. And to be honest... Most people that know that track that might be listening to this now will know that it's not a dangerous corner. You know, it's not like no. Eau Rouge at Spa or, you know, it's it's not like you look at it and go, that needs, you know, that needs some serious looking at. Like, it's not a dangerous corner. They've not got, like, lack of space runoff. It just, it's just coincidence. It's just one of them that mm-hmm. a couple of bad accidents have happened at. And, you know, they've, they've, they've paid the price for it. I mean, Mark's been out for what? Like, eight, nine months? Nine like, months. I don't know if it's that long, but, yeah. It's... It's a great track by Hareth. I, I love Hareth. It's very neutral, isn't it? It's it's one of them that you you can kind of have a go at guessing who's going to win around there, but it always there's always somebody that might pop up and surprise you. Mm-hmm. I mean, we me speaking about Rossi. I think Rossi's got. I mean, probably raced there twenty plus times. I, 
I think he's won seven times around Hareth. Um, so, you know, Rossi's got the experience around Hareth to know how to do decent around there. So you'd like to think that even somebody like Rossi, who I don't think he'll get on the podium, but if he was to get on the podium anyway, you'd say maybe Hareth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, like I said earlier, yeah, it's it's not Assen, but it is, you know, one of those ones where you're like, if you if you're looking at the calendar, like if there's any tracks, like if you start listing the tracks where Rossi could perform well, you're gonna put Jerez in probably like top three. I'd say the three would be Magello, Ass, and Jerez. Yeah, maybe Sapang as well. He does go out goes goes really well around Sapang. Um, Magello just because of his home, he always performs well at Magello. Mm-hmm. And Assen, I think Assen is probably won probably double figures. I don't I don't actually know how many times he's won around. He, he, he's very very good around Assen, mm-hmm. like you say. Assen is very much a a great track for Valley. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a, a definitely a track that even if he doesn't get a podium, I think it's one that he's got to look at to improve massively on at Areth. Yeah. To build upon what he's already got. So it's interesting. We'll see we'll see how they go. Right. Patrolling. So to finish off the show, we uh reached out on Twitter. We asked you guys to submit some questions or topics you'd want us to discuss. Um we'll touch on B's first. Um you know, they asked championship champion predictions and game review initial thoughts if you have any. Uh, we you know went pretty long on that. Uh, cha- as far as predictions go, I'm not going to do anything uh, because I want to explain to the people why. You know? uh, <laughs> there's a podcast that it's actually how Josh and I met um, called Out Outlap F1 Podcast, and they asked me to come on and be a guest predictor. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, looked at previous. Uh, races and the race that they asked me to do this for was Monza last year. And like, I spent a few hours like looking up previous races and trying to, you know, figure out what you know, lap times and stuff like that. And I think I went pretty stock and just went Lewis Botas for Stappen for qualifying and the race. And then the race happened. And, uh, yeah, no, they were nowhere near the podium. So after that, I kind of just went, you know what? I'm not going to do predictions anymore because this does not work for me. Uh, and especially with MotoGP, as unpredictable as it is, uh, I'm not going to take a stab at this. But uh, if you haven't noticed, Josh uh, had to go. So we've been finishing this up without him. Uh, but he did leave us his predictions. Uh, he says, my championship predictions are Zarco for rider, Yamaha for manufacturer. Yeah. Uh, and for the race next week, he put Bangaya for quali, but Zarco for the race. That surprises me, to be fair, that he's gone for, around Hareth, he's gone for Ducati rider to quali, so one lap pace to have a, a Ducati rider and a race winner mm-hmm. to be a Ducati rider. Obviously... Matches a little bit with the championship prediction with Zarko <laughs> winning, which um, I think a, I think it's a good prediction. Zarko's a solid rider, and we've we've spoken before on him upgrading everything on all fronts this year with Zarko. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 a solid shout. Me personally, I don't think Zarko will win 
pure and simply because of his inconsistency. And that's being probably quite, I don't want to say harsh, but it might be a bit harsh to some people thinking, you know, Zarko inconsistent. He's known for being consistent of like churning out results. Mm -hmm. But I think looking at like Porter now, a track that he didn't fly around all weekend, you know, he wasn't like the standout guy. I think he's going to try and drag out too much of the bike on what's possible and bin it. Um, Whereas somebody like Quattararo and Vinales and the likes of are very much like if the bike doesn't perform, even if it's scraping points around 6th, 7th, 8th, they'll bring it home. Like Amir, like we said last week on Rins, Mm -hmm. Amir, Amir will bring the bike home. I think that's the difference. But yeah, he's put Yamaha as his manufacturer, so I'm happy. Yeah. So I'm happy with that one. My prediction is for next week. Oh, I don't know about next week. That's a hard one. I think Quattararo for pole. And I'm going to go with... Oh, I don't know. I really don't know what to go for for the race. I'll be boring, actually. I'll go Quattararo for the race yeah. as well. Not for any particular reason, you know. No no, no bias at all. No, no, none. No, you know me. I'm not biased towards any any particular team. Um, but my my championship prediction <laughs> is going to be Quattararo <laughs> too. And Yamaha. And my manufacturer is going to be Kate. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be Yamaha. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't get, sorry, don't, to, don't to give be, me hope like that. Very... Don't don't give me hope of KTM being a. And the thing is, every single <laughs> every single year I sit here and I'm like Yamaha, you know, just because of like the bias, I'm like, yeah, Yamaha, I want them to win. And you know, it's not like I'm asking Aprilia to win. Right, they are a competitive team. Yamaha, they they always have been, they always will be. It's just a case of it's more heart, not not head. But right, yeah, it's like it's like Josh was saying earlier. Every year we're going to get Quattrara winning one more race at the start. Of the year. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, I'm just gonna keep keep on supporting them through thick and thin, and hopefully one day it will come good. And I think this year, Yamaha will win manufacturers, and I think Quattrara will win the championship. Yeah, it, I mean, I, I think you do need to give some kind of prediction, Matt. Just just for the uh, fun. Just I, I'm gonna be real boring about it then, and if I, <laughs> uh, go on, say say the Y word. Say it. I think, well, talking the race for next week, for qualifying, I'm going to pick one of the Yamahas. One of the Yamahas. One of the Yamahas. And for a win, uh, I'm going to say one of the Suzuki's. Not sure which one. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, shots, be fair. yeah. I don't know which. Uh, you know, could this be where Renz finally puts it all together? Is this where you know Mir shows that he can out you know keep a race together for a long period of time? Yeah. Um, so it would be very easy just to say, "Oh, Mir," but you mm-hmm. know, it's not like Renz. P- people think just because Mir won the championship last year that now Renz is all of a sudden this kind of B team, right? Not B team rider, sorry, like a second rider. Um, but you've got to remember that at Hareth last year when Rins got injured, I know it's all if puts and neighbors and it counts for nothing, but if Rins didn't get injured that race and it picks up a handful of points, let's just say fifth, 
Rins would have been literally equal pretty much with Mir with races in terms of if he didn't have that injury. So it's not like Rins is a mile off from Mir. It's a case of if he can just keep that race together, like you mm-hmm. said. So Suzuki's a strong show. I, I think Josh going with Ducati. I don't have Ducati ever won around Hareth. I'm be, not sure. I'd be confident enough to say I don't think they have. And if they have, I think we all know what rider would have won around Hareth, and that would have been Stoner. But I think even still, that would have been a one-off. I think they've probably won once, maybe. But my point being on that, even if they have, I think it's a well-known thing that it's not a Ducati track, is it? It's it's not got a mile-long straight with a huge braking zone and then another big straight. You know what I mean? It's right. it's not it's not a Ducati track, so it's bold from Josh. It's very bold. Yeah, I'm look, um, looking up. I mean, on Wikipedia at least, it doesn't show anything about like wins there. Um, it just shows lap records. Right. Got you. Marquez holds the lap record. Uh, yeah. Mar- yeah. I mean, Marquez is another interesting one. Yeah. Like, is he going to make another step and be even closer? Like, or is he going to well, go backwards? Or- and we saw last year. Yeah, like you said when we were talking about Perez from last year. You know, he was he went off in turn four, but was able to save it. And he dropped through the field. I forget how many positions, but then as the race progressed, just slowly picked off rider after rider after rider to the point mm. he was back up in fourth place when he wrecked and, you know, pretty much ended his season. Yeah. So, you know, I could... It, maybe if he was three or four races into coming back if Jerez was coming up I would be putting Mark up there um, but I don't know with with him coming back after one race I, I just don't see I just don't see him you know, winning here yeah I don't, see, I don't see a win I see a top six for Mark Personally, uh, he could he could put it in eighth again, mm-hmm. or ninth, where he finished seventh. Um, I think seventh. Yeah, or he could, you know, just go backwards because it's obviously it's not as physical, I'd say, as Portimao, but it's also still not a easy track to ride around. Just because, I mean, you even think with that right arm, just for example, the last sector, you got those fast right handers. You leaned right the way over, like dragging that bike through there. It's it's not an easy track. None of them are. But it will be an interesting one with Mark. I I agree with you. I don't think we'll see him win. So that's that with predictions. Uh, what else was there on Twitter? Uh, the other question was from Joey. Uh, how do you think the rookies are doing so far? And who do you think is going to be a rookie in 2022 season out of the Moto2 riders? Uh, I assume he means rookies in GP. Yeah, who is from Moto Two? Uh, people from Moto Two. Yeah, games. who's going to come up from Moto Two next year? Um, I mean, you already know my opinion on this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, talk. Well, talking how the rookies this season are doing with Martin, Marini, and Bastianini, uh, I think they're doing phenomenal for you know what they've shown. Um, they, yeah, I mean, we just talking Martin. 
we saw how he did in guitar. Granite guitar is a very Ducati track. Um, so, I mean, you kind of expect them to do well. I mean, to see the launch he had in race one to get from 14th to 4th and then to yeah. put it on pole in race two to lead 19 laps in race two. Mm. I mean, I think he has done phenomenal. Yeah, it was really, really rough to see him go down uh, at Portimao. Um, yeah, we hope we hope for a speedy recovery because I, I think, yeah, this kid could do some really great things on that bike. Um, talking uh, Marini, I mean, he and listening to other podcasts and different interviews, you know, he's, he's one of those riders where he takes a little bit of time to get, yeah, it's a slow burner. Right. Slow burner. Uh, so I feel like he'll, he's taking his time. He'll get there. Um, I think next season will be, he'll be even better. Um, mm. yeah. And then Bastianini's been pretty much right there with him the whole season. Um, you know, neither yeah. one, of, neither one of them have really have fallen They've finished every race. And I mean, that's the best thing you can do as a rookie is at least finish the race, you know, and just, you know, see where you end up. For me, Bastianini has been unbelievable for, for a rookie on an uncompetitive bike on a Ducati. Like there's not much more you could ask for him. I mean, you know. For somebody like that to come into that team, brand new atmosphere, new team in general, like even if you're staying in the same class and you change team, changing team is not a case of just new bike, bang, straight away. Like, you know, you, you, you've got to adapt to a new crew chief, a new mm. new mechanics, new systems on how they go about, you know, planning their races out and what kind of systems they'll go with on every single front. So obviously it's a brand new thing for him. Um, so for me... Bastianini has been brilliant. Marina has been fantastic as well, considering the bikes that they're on. And Martinez as well, even though, yeah, he crashed out of Portimao and he's injured and whatnot. Like you said, he, re he led how many laps for Qatar 2? Like 19. 19 laps. 19 laps as a rookie. That's mm -hmm. that mega, ex mega experience for him. So that's, I don't uh... think you could ask much more for, for the rookies this year. Really? Well, and that's, I was talking, like, after the race, the Qatar 2 race, I was talking to a guy at work who is a huge F1 fan, and I ex was trying to explain to him, you know, what this was in relation to F1. I'm like, this would be if Yuki Sonoda put it on pole and then led for most of the race. Yeah. And, like, yeah. he, he was just like, you know, kind of taken back, like, oh, wow, that's that's really impressive. So, I mean, if you think about it, and the more I think about it, you know, the contrast between the rookies in F1 and the rookies in MotoGP are pretty similar because you got one team that went all new rookie, like straight rookies with Haas and Aventi, and then you've got the Pramac, Alphatari thing where they, Atari, yeah. yeah. I didn't expect not well. Gasly is not, yeah. Gasly, Zarco kind of thing. Well, two Frenchmen, yes. if you like. There's your, there's your comparison. Um, 
yeah, it's it's a good system to go for. It's all conspiracy. Pramac. It's all conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. But with Pramac, I think they've got the perfect um, chemistry and sort of lineup with Zarko that that you know they they're not pulling any punches. They they want him to challenge for a title, and yeah. they have. Uh, Martin, who is a fast, fast rookie, which can still see what I mean. We see what he can do, mm-hmm. but even like the small things, like we mentioned in Qatar two, where Martin came out and said, "I know my role in the team. Mm-hmm. It's for Zarko to make make the most points." That is already obviously Martin's a very, very good professional. It's a case of like he he knows his place and respects that. So even though he's going to fight for as much as he can fight for, if it's a case of letting Zarko have the most points for that team, I think it's been very well drilled into to Martin mm-hmm. from the the Pramac boys, as though to say, look, if it's a case of letting Zarko through, or not letting him through, so to speak, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. letting him have those points. Great, great lineup for Pramac. I think everybody knew that from from the off. If he was going to be quick and Zarko was going to be even better from what he was with Avintia, great lineup. Yeah. Fantastic lineup. And then moving on to uh, Joey's second point, rookies for next season. Uh I mean you've been hyping Fernandez for weeks now. Yeah. Um hmm. Cause I got the yeah. I got the standings pulled up here and I don't want to go just like, oh well the top three. Um yeah. I think the other I think what the other oh, thing on. you have to like look into with this is who's going to be out of MotoGP next season. Yeah. Um, well, I think the main three spots that we're talking about, really, in terms of obvious spots at the minute, not necessarily obvious, but the three you'd go for would be that second Aprilia seat and the 2K... TM Tech Three um, guys. I'm looking at the standings right now, like the current MotoGP standings. Twenty third is Lycaona. Set twenty second Salvadori. Twenty first Petrucci. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it's, it's um, it's an interesting one, but it's <sighs> it's looking like if they're going to promote anybody from Moto Two, it would be Remy for me and Fernandez. Fernandez being the main one, like just because I age. G- Speed, just potential, everything like full package. He's come through with, um, he's come, he's gone into Moto Three with the Red Bull KTM team. Mm-hmm. Got to got to grips with it. Ended up winning a couple of races. They've they've had enough confidence to say, yeah, you're good enough for Moto Two, and bumped him straight up. Moved Nagashima. Let's not forget to one side. Like pushed him aside. Who at the start of last year looked like the guy, didn't he? he won at Qatar, and it was like. You know, you would never have thought he would have been moved aside, but they moved him aside, an experienced Moto Two guy for this this rookie coming through, mm. and he's won at Portimao. If you're Ralph Fernandez, like we said earlier, it, it's not a case of if Tech Three, you know, waiting and waiting for Tech Three. It might be a case of somebody else might make room for him in another factory and say, "Look, we'll have you." Mm-hmm. So, it, I think they need to be looking to moving up Fernandez if he carries on the trajectory that he's already on to mm. GP. Right. I could definitely see Fernandez being moved up to a Tech 3. Uh, mm. Like you said, he's with the Red Bull KTM t- uh, program. Yeah, he... And even though Red Bull KTM isn't, like, helping the Tech 3 team, they're still KTMs. 
So they're still working yeah. together. Um, so I'm trying to fill the three spots that we said. Um, well, I could tell everybody now, for anybody that is listening, that Sam Lowe's will not be returning to Aprilia. I can, I no. can put my... No. I put anything I own to that. That that will not be happening in any in any stage of his career. Sam will not be returning to Aprilia. That is not on the cards. I, I, um, oh. Anybody that wants to know why, I'm going to recommend anybody to go listen to the Gas It Out podcast with Gavin Emmett and Neil Hodgson, who interviewed Sam, good friends with Sam, and Sam basically short and sweet said, "The guys that run Aprilia, we don't get on." sort of thing. It's not the right place for me. He got treated badly. He won't be returning to Aprilia anytime yeah. soon. So let's just cut that one off short and sweet. I almost, I, I keep looking at these three names. It's Gardner, Fernandez, and Bezeki. Yeah, Bezeki's also another one. But mm-hmm. I think people brush past Sam. It's a bit like what we were talking about earlier with relegating and going back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Sam will be looking at it that if he wins the Moto2 Championship, it's either GP or like a really good world superbike ride. Right. But I don't see why, you know, it, it's it's a weird one with Sam. Like you don't want to stagnate in Moto Two for years. And if you go to world superbikes, for me, it's either the Kawasaki or a Ducati at best. Mm-hmm. And to me, that seems like almost like a, a step to the side, not step up. Right. Um. Everyone wants to be in GP, and Sam didn't really get a good go at it in GP. I mean, in a way, as weird as this might sound, Pontrell might look at it this way and think a guy with experience like Sam, you know, he might think Petrucci don't do the job, or Lacona, if he moves Lacona to a side, he might think Petrucci and Sam, mm-hmm. you know. It's not daft to think something like that. Um so yeah, it's it's an interesting one to think of who who might come up from Moto Two to be a rookie next year. But my my best bet would be Fernandez because of age. Oh, for sure. More so over over Gardner. As, as much as I rate Gardner, I think he's fantastic, and his dad was right in that. Even when he was in Moto Three, he's better with a bigger bike. He's proved that. He has proved that. But at the same time, KTM won't be looking at how good you are with a bigger bike. They'll be thinking age potential. Years that they can have him in terms of getting in early as possible in GP when he's ready. And as we've said, Moto3 uh, to Moto2 jump, one of the hardest jumps you can ever do in motorbike racing. And he's proved that to be pretty good for Fernandez. Um, so, yeah, I, I think KTM will be having more of a say on it than anybody else in saying that's the guy we want. So that's my best bet for the next rookie to come up to GP from Moto2, Fernandez. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And for anybody listening, they'll probably be thinking I'm part of the Ralph Fernandez fan club. <laughs> I'm not officially. You mean you're not the president? Hypo- hypothetically, I am part of the Ralph Fernandez hype train. So, as well as the Pedro Costa one. So yes. they're, they're my guesses. As well as Bezeki, like you say, I think if there's like a VR46 team that gets made, like we were talking about earlier with Suzuki. Oh, no, will be. Maybe a, a Yamaha VR46 team. I think Bezeki will be the guy that goes up from that. Um, as well though, Viet- Vietti's been looking good. Let's not forget Vietti. Vietti has been. I don't think he's. I don't think he's GP ready, but he's he has been going well for for a rookie standards. I think Vezek- uh, Vietti's looked looked great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, Fernandez is my best bet. Is he yours or anybody else? Gardner, do you think? I I feel like Fernandez for sure. Like I said, you know he's he's got that KTM backing. It, like like I said, if Petrucci and Lakawana don't perform well, I could see them both getting booted. Um, mm. And Fernandez would definitely be taking one of those seats. And then probably Pedro Acosta will move up and take Fernandez's bike. Yeah. But it's also like we were saying earlier, well, I was saying earlier that for me, Messiah's got to go up next year to move <sighs> two. I think I think he'll be one. I think that's how Messiah will be looking at it as, you know, I, Masia wants to win the Moto Three title this year and go straight up to two. And if he doesn't win the Moto Three title, be good enough to go to two mm-hmm. with a competitive team. Obviously, wanting to stay in that IO team because it's a competitive Moto Two team. So that would mean that Remy and Fernandez would have to go up, meaning that the Tech Three boys, you know, like almost like a domino effect down. Um, like you say, both of them get get moved out. But that that's not saying we want that to happen. That's not saying that it's confirmed to happen. Right. It's just with the comments that have been said. With how competitive that bike is at the minute, you've got a late twenties Petrucci, you've got an, a very young Laquona with still a lot of potential, but when you've got a race winner at the age that Fernandez is at, hitting the ground running so early in Moto Two, you've got to think that they'll be looking to move him up ASAP. Oh, for sure. Um, but in general, I think that rounds off every everything so far yeah. in the week in between. Uh, predictions for Harath. Looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Want to get back going to that. Um, and as usual, anybody that is listening that wants to interact with us, then feel free to follow us on Twitter with the uh, the interactions for the questions and whatnot. We'll leave Discord links in the YouTube. If anyone's listening on YouTube, we'll leave the Discord links to that. Um, all of our personal Twitters, etc. All that, all that jazz. We'll be doing that. As usual, so yeah, I think that's it, isn't it, man. Yep, yeah, that's pretty much it. And like you said, uh, yeah, make sure to follow this podcast um, on Twitter. Make sure to like and subscribe. Uh, we are slowly taking over Bono's YouTube page. Uh, so you know, if you have your, if you know of any older people who are into MotoGP and maybe don't like doing the podcast Spotify thing. You know, direct them over to the to Bunno's YouTube. Uh, making you making my YouTube into like the care home of our, our yeah. section of. <laughs> I mean, of, uh, well, let's see. Your Discord is now is pretty much become our Discord. Your YouTube channel is going to become our YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, it's it's a good way of you know getting it across to everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's you know any, anybody that is listening to this that feels like you know getting part of our joining our discord it's not like it's you know weird for anybody to there's there's people in there that don't necessarily watch every part of gp but still interact for the races and whatnot you know um so it's 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 free for anybody to join anybody to interact anybody you know we're we're open to anybody to join even if you're like mainly an f1 fan that wants to get into gp everybody in there that's it's in there at the minute would be more than welcome to have people in there to introduce them to it. And you don't, you know, you don't have to listen to everything of the podcast. You might just want to skip straight to the the Twitter questions that you've asked, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's open for, for everybody and anything that you, you're willing to interact to or with. So yeah, it's free reign for everybody, you know, ask us what our favorite 
livery as a me and Matt will try and kill one another <laughs> yes. over thousands of miles. It's you know, in, ask anything you like. Yeah, the images and the gifts will be a flying for that conversation. Yeah, that's all on Twitter, by the way. If anybody yes. is listening that wants to get onto that, that's that's where the real beef kicks off. Yeah, if you want all to see any of the bikes we we're talking about, well, yeah, just go on Butto's Twitter. You'll see the god awful yellow bike, and then all the responses yeah. beneath it. I might make that my um, like my cover photo. Is that is that what you class it as on Twitter? <laughs> the the, I, I think the I banner might... at the top. Yeah, and like the banner. I might make that my banner. The OCGM oh, bike. Because it's the best bike to ever be released into the uh, the motorcycling world. I can see Matt's face of absolute disgust. <laughs> that Repsol is a hundred times better looking. No Repsol bike will ever be a better livery than a Yamaha. Like I said, Sorry. That, that Austin Powers bike just... Austin Powers. <laughs> I went to look, because I, I needed to pull up a picture of it to post it on, your, on the Twitter feed. And it, came, it just kept coming up, Austin Powers bike. Yeah, that's the oh, I think that's my memory serves me correct. That's the last ever Repsol bike that Rossi rode on. I think it's the O three Valencia before he went to to Yamaha the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone was like, "Oh, it's such a good looking bike," and Rossi was like, "Yeah, let's get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, let's go over to the uh, the dark side, so to speak, from what he went from." But yeah, it, it's a nice livery. Just not as good as the 06 Yamaha or any Yamaha. Yeah, I'm sorry. Even though I'm a Yamaha fan, I think everybody will agree that they make good looking bikes. Even like the Cal Crutchlow one that you mentioned. Yep. You know, still a stunning bike. The 04 Go kind of livery, the historic Go livery mm-hmm. that they had. Very good bike. Um, and the Yamaha Blue is a stunning, beautiful blue. Right, that That is a. If I ever see something and I'm like, that's a nice blue, I'm like, it's not quite the Yamaha blue. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a bit like Josh with the Ducati red. It's a nice red. Yeah, I mean, they can't compete with the Red Bull blue, but okay. <laughs> ah, no, 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 no. Let's not let's not be crossing wise even more. So that's a, that's a whole different world you're getting into there. Oh. Yes. Some, somebody did make. I don't know if if you saw somebody did make. Um, MotoGP liveries onto F1 cars and yeah, vice versa. I did see that. It and, was on. And it looked really cool. Like I saw the um, the Aston Martin bike, and it, uh, they were all made onto like a Ducati bike. That's the model they used. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the Aston Martin colors on a Ducati bike actually looked really nice. But um, yeah, cr- crossing over to F1 liveries being better than GP liveries—that's a whole different world you're getting into there. That could that could annoy a lot of different people. Yeah, I just pulled up the uh, the images from uh, of the switch they did, and uh, yeah, I mean that. Oh God, all the pink of the the racing point. Oh yeah, last year's race. The Mercedes yeah. bike doesn't look any different. <laughs> Boring. The red but the yeah, Red Bull is... bike looks like the Red Bull bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually did tweet Honda. I don't know if you saw that. They tweeted Honda with uh, Verstappen and Perez on it and said, "If you need us at any point at Repsol Honda, then let us know." Yeah, and, uh, Honda got back to them and were like, "We're we're we're in full swing with things now with Mark, but we know who to call." <laughs> I thought that was quite cool. It's always cool to see the um, the teams kind of like interact and like have a dig at one another sometimes. Mm-hmm. When they 
when they do on Twitter. That's quite good. And also on that point, just I just do want to have a quick point on um, a, a recent event that we've not actually mentioned. Vinales has actually deactivated his Twitter. Oh, um, yeah, I did hear about abuse, that. Yeah, due to the abuse that he's getting. And I, I do just want to say for anybody that is listening, and I think most people will agree, it's only a select amount of people, but MotoGP is very much a sport that it's not like football where you've got sides so to speak like don't get me wrong i'm a yamaha guy and i know i make that quite clear but i would never wish bad on anybody that is against you know like a honda or a rival japanese manufacturer i would never wish mark or paul like a bad weekend or for him to get injured or for him to have a bad career or anything like that i think that side of it is for anybody that does that i think i speak for everybody in in saying that is not our sport. Like it's, it no. shouldn't be any sport, but that is not our sport. Do not make this sport into this toxic, like wanting to to have career-ending injuries for people. Like that is so low blow to say things like that. It's not for me. I I'm not a fan of anything like that. I think people need to kind of wake up and realize that these guys are racing at the top, top, top level mm-hmm. of bike racing and are risking their lives, not only for our in- enjoyment, but for their own reward. You know, the, you know, Vinales is not racing to, to try and finish at the back. You know, none of them are. Right. Um, so for people to sit there, like I've said before, and have this armchair opinion of saying that, you know, they acting as if they know better and giving him abuse and wishing bad on him, not just because he's a Yamaha guy, but for anything. I mean, like last week, Marquez is racing for Honda. Honda are not my top constructor in terms of like what I want to do well. But I give props to the guy, didn't I? I said he mm-hmm. was my rider of the day. Yep. Because at the end of the day, this should be a sport of you have your own side, you have your own riders, but it's it's a respectful sport in, you know, when somebody does something well, you should respect them. And when they're having an off day, it should be, you su- You should support them. And if you if you don't support them as a rider in terms of being their favorite, you should at least just, you know, it should be an acknowledgement of they're not doing great, but cool. Leave it at that. You know, don't, don't violate the guy. Don't, you know, fire hate and abuse towards them and wish bad on them. It's not for me. I know it sounds like I'm having a bit of a go and a bit of a rant, but let's just make that clear early doors. Let's, you know, with social media, it can be a bad place. Mm-hmm. But let's not make the sport into, you know, like the football Twitter side of things where it can get very bad, very nasty and very toxic. It's it's not nice to see. It's when it gets to a point where a rider's deactivating his Twitter, like, come on, let's let's stop. Let's not be having that. It's it's not nice to see, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a huge issue with social media. You know, the, you get these people who you know, feel one way or another and they, you know, feel like, oh, well, I can say whatever I want on here because nobody's going to do anything. And like you said, I think people tend to forget these are human beings. These are real people who have issues. I mean, I think if if this past year has taught us anything, it's mental health is very important. And, you know, to go after somebody because of a poor race, you know, it it's it's stuff like you said, it's stuff you don't want to see. You know, like I said, I, I'm a KTM fan, um, but you know, you it's weird because MotoGP, you sort of like root for everybody. 
is what I've seen uh, mm -hmm. you know, from a lot of people. Yeah, you know, just talking to the few people I have in the MotoGP Twitter community. Like, yeah, you have your favorite team, but you sort of just like what you want to see everybody do good. Yeah, you, you should admire people that even if like again, I, I use Mark as a great he's a great example for me mm -hmm. because obviously it's a, it's a well known thing that Yamaha and Honda are big rivals. It, right. it is what it is. They're two big Japanese manufacturers that if you're on one side, you don't you kind of don't want the other to win and you know you don't want both of them to do well so to speak like you you want to see one of them beat the other for me mark has dominated these last few years and even though i'm a yamaha fan and a massive yamaha supporter i can still sit there and watch marquez win and tip my hat to him and say you know what fair play because mm -hmm. he is one of the best and i could sit here and say it with a lot of pride in that he is one of the best riders we've ever seen Full stop. He is. As much as... I d it's not like I don't want to say it, because, again, like you said, you should admire all of them. You should, you should have the respect for everybody there. Mm -hmm. um, so, for me, it shouldn't be a case of just because you're not maybe their biggest fan or whatever. I'm not saying you should want everyone to win, and if you don't have favourite riders for certain reasons, that's cool. But let's not be firing abuse at one another over like online. Like you say, we're all humans at the end of the day. And, you know, mental health, like you say, th this last year, if it's taught anybody anything, how important that is, mm -hmm. you know, for people already, like, it, it shouldn't be a case at any point. But having had the year we've had to now be again, or even still, let's just say, still doing that, like, come on, like, I, let's, let's wake up a minute and just realize, is, it, is there any point? saying things over online to kind of wish people bad and want them to get injured. It's just, you wouldn't say it to them in the street, so why say it online? Do you know what I mean? Right. And I, th I think we can leave it at that, but yep. I think it's it's something that shouldn't be just glazed over and ignored. Right. Yeah, so I think with that, um, that's pretty much the show. Yeah, not not to finish on too much of a negative point, yeah. but um, but yeah, like like we've said, everything, Twitter... Discord, all, all the all that jazz we'll leave in the description of YouTube. And if you're listening on any podcast apps or anything like that, you can follow us all on the regular Twitter handles that we tend to leave with Red Sector Motor GP, Bono GP, Matt Polanski one, and I think Josh is J Wilson194. Yes. I think that's what Josh is. Wilson J194, something like that. Um, but you can find that through our main Twitter page at mm -hmm. Red Sector Motor GP. Anyway, the Twitter handles are in the description. But yeah. On that, we'll we'll uh, leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So with that.